Welcome to The Savvy Sauce, where we have practical chats for intentional living. I'm your host, Laura Duggar, and I'm so glad you're here. Do you love to travel? If so, then let me introduce you to today's sponsor, Dream Seller Travel, a Christian-owned and operated travel agency. Check them out on Facebook or online at dreamsellertravel.com. If this is your first time here, welcome. You may be wondering what it means to have a special Patreon release. So here's the scoop. Patreon was a platform we used to generate financial support for the Savvy Sauce. And we would express our thanks to those paying patrons by giving them a bonus episode every month. But now we have some exciting news. We are transitioning away from Patreon because we recently launched the Savvy Sauce Charities, a nonprofit to inspire us to grow in intimacy with God and others. And this podcast will be moving under that nonprofit umbrella on January 1st, 2024. That means after January 1st of 2024, your financial contributions to the Savvy Sauce Charities will still support our work and keep us on the air, but they will also be a tax write-off for you. We try to make as much of our material free to the general population, but it's only possible when some generous listeners show their support through financial backing. We spend thousands of dollars each year to record and produce these episodes, and we do pray that they're beneficial and that God sees fit to use them to be transformational in your life and in ours. So if that is the case, if you have ever benefited from an episode of The Savvy Sauce, would you consider showing your gratitude through your financial generosity? Any amount is greatly appreciated. In fact, you may have heard me say before, if every listener gave only $1 per month, it would completely offset all of our costs. We will have updates on our website, thesavvysauce.com, in the coming months, but feel free to reach out anytime to any member of our team if you want to partner together. Our email address is info at thesavvysauce.com. And now I'm thrilled to share this episode with you that used to only be available to paying patrons. So for today, I'm pleased to share an episode that originally aired in May of 2020 with my guest, Dale Wilshire, who is a professional development expert, author, and coach. Here's our chat. Welcome back to the Savvy Sauce, Dale. Oh, thanks for having me again. And in case anyone missed our first time recording together, will you just recap for us who you are and what you like to do? Yeah. So my name is Dale Wilshire. Actually, it's Dale Wilshire Rakes. I added that name. I haven't done it for my business, but I just got married in June. This is a second marriage for me. I was a single mom for six years trying to be everything to everyone, but I'm thrilled to have found the love of my life. I have four daughters, ages 16, 19, 21, and 23 just the most amazing girls. I live in Colorado near Boulder. What I get to do is I get to empower authenticity in others, primarily women. I'm a life and strength coach. I'm a speaker and I'm a personality trainer. So that's my passion in life. Thank you for sharing that recap. And for anybody who did miss our first time together, I would just recommend hitting pause right now 
go back, listen to the first episode, and then you're going to more fully understand your type and others' types that we're going to discuss today. So let's just dive in, Dale. Will you also give us a quick overview of the four personality types? You bet. Love to. So there are four, as we talked about last time, slices of God's image. This is kind of like four parts to God that our personality is usually going to get a major and a minor. So you'll probably find that you identify with a couple of these. The first one is called the doer. And the doer is the getter done, in this case, gal, although personality is for everyone on the planet. But this is a confident woman who's large and in charge, acts quickly, independently, speaks directly and authoritatively, and is always hot on the trail of her goals. So this is the one who likes things my way. And I will tell you that it's the smallest portion of the population. It's roughly 10%. These are not equal in the population. The second one is the connector. We talked about the doer. Then we've got the connector. These are both more extroverted, being more energetic, more outgoing. The doer has a lesser need for people than the connector. The connector is the social butterfly. So they'd like things the fun way. So this is an optimistic person with a positive mindset. And they love to talk and they love to tell stories and they make other people happy. They They are designed to inspire and influence and energize others. And they probably are using caps lock for pretty much every one of their text messages. So you'll see that because everything is super exciting. It's all the best day ever. And then you've got the stabilizer. So the stabilizer is the steady as she goes mom. She's a gentle woman who listens and comforts and cares. I mean, Mother Teresa is kind of a classic example of this. This is the type of person who likes to work behind the scenes and they offer their kindness and their patience and their dependability and loyal support. They will always love to be on a team, but they don't really necessarily want to lead the team in the classic way that looks. But they will always be able to transform chaos into peace and harmony because they are just stabilizing factors in our society. They're also like the glue. They hold people together. Whereas the other types might have their own opinions and want to go in different direction. This is the type of person that values consensus and community. So they will always seek to find common ground to hold people together. And then finally, there's the improver. The improver is kind of our quality control girl. So this is the thoughtful woman who pays close attention to details and to the rules and to preparations, they uh, have analytical minds. So they like to research, they like to question things, and usually they're married to the opposite. So in this case, an improver is probably married to a connector, and the connector is always saying, why don't you trust me? And Because the improver needs those data points. It's not that they don't trust, but they need that so that they can make the right decision. They're always contemplating deep issues and meaningful causes, and they like things to be the right way. So we've got the doer who likes things my way, connector who likes things the fun way, the stabilizer who likes things our way, they want to consider everyone, and the improver who likes things the right way. And now as parents, how do these different types play out? And specifically, what do each of our strengths and weaknesses look like? Yeah, most of the time, our weaknesses are our strengths that have gone too far. 
So we can also consider it a weakness that we don't have a certain capability. You know, connectors are typically not very detail oriented. That's because they have other priorities. But if we look at most of the things that we're ashamed of as far as our weaknesses, it's usually a strength that's gone too far. So if you are a doer, you are a directive parent. You are motivating. You are kind of telling them what to do. You want to have a big impact on your family. You want to organize them. You're kind of brave and warrior-like out there. But when that goes too far, you become a drill sergeant and no one gets a say. And actually, you create a lot of dependency because you've assumed all the responsibility. There's a lot more details around that, but that's kind of an overview of what it looks like. If you are a connector, then you are an interactive parent. You really want to be social with your children. You want them to know others. You want to be involved in the relationship with your kids. But when that goes too far and it becomes a weakness, then you just want to be their best friend. And so you've given up a lot of your authority. So your optimism becomes a little too buddy-buddy and you've lost your position in the ability to lead your family. If you are an improver, you are a conscientious parent. So you will always be focused on some of the things that you offer as far as your superpowers. You're going to be making sure they are learning about the right things and doing the right things. You're going to look at best practices as a parent. You're going to know what scripture tells us is the best way to live according to Christ. You're going to want your family to know that kind of stuff. You're going to be quality conscious about all kinds of things. But when that goes too far, then you become a nitpicking parent. And people feel like your ability to see details has been turned on them. And what you will see in them is more negative than positive. And they will miss that you love them as well. So that's what happens there. And then finally, as a parent, if you're a stabilizer, you are a supportive parent. Because you're on the team, very loyal and very caring, you want to support your kids in every way possible. You want them to feel included. You want to take time with them, meet every need that they have. But when that has gone too far, you can become invisible and not be attuned at all to asserting any needs that you have, which is not good for our kids if they are not aware that other people have needs too. So it's important that you show up, that you're not so behind the scenes that we don't know what you're thinking or you're feeling. You are important and we need we need to hear from you. So those are those are some of the overviews as far as what they look like. And you've mentioned before in the previous episode that you're often one dominant and then you have a secondary. Is that right? Correct. Major and minor, yes, is the way I refer to it. Very, very common. And and the best way to look at that is there are natural blends, compatible blends. So you can blend doer into connector or doer into improver. You can go stabilizer into connector or stabilizer into improver. But there are two that you want to be aware of because those are incompatible blends. They usually create a ton of inner turmoil and conflict. And that is if you come up with doer stabilizer or connector improver. So there's certain things that they do have in common, but in general, those are opposites. You cannot at the same time be fast and slow or light and deep. And you usually kind of feel stuck because you don't know what your authentic self is. Okay. Now I've got a follow-up question because I'm thinking of three people And we all have our one that we major in, but then our minor Uh is split between 
the others that are not opposite of us. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Then that's good. That's good. So is that common or should we be doing more work to figure out if we lean toward a minor more strongly than the other minor? Well, I always think it's helpful to spend time in these personality types and prayerfully so to ask God, is there something here that just has not been expressed? I mean, they've even shown in the field of epigenetics that while there is DNA and that's part of, you know, God's design is laying down the DNA of who he wants you to be and personality is a part of that, that your environment will change. It actually coats your DNA. It can turn proteins on and off. And so environment can make it hard to be your authentic self. If you are, say, an improver, but you grew up in a family of connectors where everybody's telling jokes and loud and you're just thinking, I need some time to myself. I need some solitude. I need some order. You're going to learn to tell jokes and stories because your family does, but you may not be as funny as everyone else. And you're going to feel like, who am I? What am I supposed to be? It's good to, to read about them and spend time in them so you can understand what might be you more authentically and what is something that you've adapted to. I mean, it's good for us to be able to have skills of all the time. I mean, truly, we have elements of all four of these. But you do have a flavor. That's why you have a major and a minor. So I would say, having looked at a lot of DISC tests on there where people do this, that by the time we get to a secondary, one of those is probably, you know, like a DNA and one is probably an adaptation based on influence and experience. And what can often happen if you're trying to see what's your authentic self is if you tend to have more of the weaknesses of a type rather than the strengths, that may be the mask. Like I mentioned, the little child who's the improver, they learn to tell jokes. They may think they're funny, but everybody's like, yeah, not quite as funny as everybody else because that's not their strength. That's not where they are going to be in their sweet spot. So notice what you're able to do. I was raised by two people who both have improver in them. That's not one of mine. So I kind of know that level of expectation. I know what they need, also having studied it. So I will make an effort to provide that. But if I'm honest with myself, I don't really need the level of detail that they do. I don't need the level of order that they do. But it's taken me years to be able to become clear about myself, because certainly I've wanted to please my parents. And so there had to be a certain level of freedom and prayer for me to understand what really matters to me and what doesn't. That is so helpful to hear your personal experience with it. And so let me just make sure I'm summarizing this correctly. So if you find your major and your split between the minors that are natural, that you could lean either way, Mm -hmm. typically the one where you're living in the strengths rather than the weaknesses, that would be your more authentic self with your minor. Is that correct? I would definitely lean that way. Yes. And while it's all unique, you know, and unless I really work with someone, this is where we will look at maybe a strengths finder as an additional piece of information because a lot of those will line up. I also enjoy being able to help someone identify their top 10 values There's a variety of questions that I will ask people and really kind of uncovering them because I find that 75% of the words that they choose align with their personality type. So that is another way that we kind of get closer to it. Everyone was given a personality. And I just spoke a couple of days ago and I had a mom say, I'm a hot mess. I don't know who I am. It's not that it's not there. It just may be a little bit complex that we need to discern a little bit more. It can take time 
time to do this. And so we are just going to uncover what God has laid down. That's it. And some people can do it very quickly and some people need a little more time. So with my four daughters, three, I could identify pretty quickly. And my youngest, who is 16, I have had the hardest time identifying her. I do believe she's an improver, but she wants to be a connector, as most girls do. I mean, those are the homecoming queens. Those are the people who have the magic sparkle dust as far as being likable and popular. There's this natural thing that goes with that. And it really is the personality type of youth. So most people, because they're more childlike and they're more fun and more light and optimistic, which is how kids are. So it's been very hard first to identify her, but right now to help her see the beauty in herself because she keeps wanting to be something else. Let's take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsor. Do you have a bucket list of travel destinations? Or maybe you have a special event coming up like a big anniversary, a honeymoon, or even just that first trip to Europe. If so, you need to call Dream Seller Travel. Dream Seller Travel is located in central Illinois, but works with clients all across the USA. Whether you're wanting to plan a large family get-together someplace tropical, or take a cruise with your family, or maybe you want to explore the history and culture of a European town, regardless of the trip, Dream Seller Travel is there to assist you with your planning needs. From the customized trip design and the ideas through the small details and the preparations before the trip, and even while traveling, Dream Seller Travel is there with you every step along the way, making it seamless and stress-free. Dream Seller Travel can work with your travel plans as you have laid them out, or they will customize a trip for your requests. In most cases, there's absolutely no service fee for this work. Instead of booking online and being the one to deal with your airline schedule changes or the sudden change in country entry requirements, or the hotel that looks beautiful but is really under construction, call a professional. Let them deal with the problems that arise while traveling so you can just enjoy the trip. Dream Seller Travel has been planning dream trips since 2005 to amazing destinations such as Alaska, Italy, Hawaii, Canada, the Caribbean, United Kingdom, Germany, Switzerland, France, South Africa, Iceland, and more. Where do you dream of going? You can reach out to the Dream Seller Travel at 309-696-5890 or check them out online at dreamsellertravel.com. Thanks for your sponsorship. Generally speaking, is there a way to identify our kids' type? Some are easier depending on kind of the strength of what they bring. You know, sometimes it's easy to see the doers. <laughs> Unfortunately, with kids, what you can identify probably the quickest is a personality type through the weaknesses because they're learning to develop them. And before we have, you know, growth in these, they are just raw. So if some, if a child is, for example, a connector, they're going to talk all the time. And you're thinking, can they take a breath? And then you're always saying to them, use your inside voice. And they're thinking, this is my inside voice. I don't know what you're talking about. So the, you will usually see it in terms of, they just seem like they can never get enough of people. And, and we tend to look at it as a weakness. So if you look at the strengths, but maybe even looking toward the weaknesses, that is how it comes out. But 
my daughter, who is a connector, I knew very quickly. She was talking before anybody else, babbling, had dimples. There are actually physical characteristics that go with a lot of these. It's not a total science, but it can be helpful. So if your child is highly defiant, you know, wanting things my way from the beginning, loud, more volume to their voice. Those are some of the qualities of a doer as a child. They are always trying to take control and responsibility. They're little dictators when they're young. That a lot of times is the sign of a doer. But what we wanna see, as we had mentioned, is that that can be turned into greatness because they are gonna be able to lead. Well, that's the Apostle Paul is like the classic doer. So if you have a child who is very mellow, maybe really good napper, doesn't tend to argue with you, just seems pleasant to be around, they may very likely be a stabilizer. They make us feel like great parents because they're just very adaptable. They just would like to get along with everyone. And, and so they're more chill. It's when they turn into teenagers that you're having a hard time motivating them because they are more relaxed that it can get more frustrating. And if you have a child who is an improver, they are the kinds who are organizing their Legos and they are trying to bring order to the point that it might be more order than you need, but they are more sensitive. A lot of times I find that they have a lot of emotions going on inside of them that they do not understand. So they can have a lot of highs and lows, but they feel unable to get autonomy over those. So they're more emotional, but it, it can be contained inside. So they can be like the highly sensitive child in that way. I would say that they will be maybe more negative, more critical. They can be the hardest on themselves. So if they're always picking out what's wrong with dinner and are picky by nature, that could be an improver child. There's a few things that just captured me. So the physical things I want to come back to, but then with their weakness, as they're living in those, you said for children, as they're developing, they do. Is there a certain age or time that you'll start to see more of the strengths of that side? You know, I've never read anything along those lines. And I do think the environment matters. So as I mentioned, you know, I didn't like my personality, but nobody else in my family did. My brother was a stabilizer. It was just the two of us. And so he's delightful. He's low key. He just will go and do whatever the family's doing. He's, he wants to glue everybody together. Me, I am like defiant. I don't agree with that. I think that's dumb. And I'm going to let people know it. You know, <laughs> when you're talking about extroverts like doers and connectors, they do not typically think before they speak. They think it and boom, it comes out. So it was not a great environment for me because the only thing anybody saw were my weaknesses in their mind. So they probably never saw much of the strengths. Now, occasionally I would have a teacher who would say something to me like, wow, you know, the way you said that, that's what great leaders do. And I would look at them sideways like, hmm, really, you see that? So I think it takes a lens to be able to see these, to almost be able to see through a weakness and find a strength. But there is no particular age with it. And certainly there are quite a few adults who live out of more weaknesses than strengths. So it's not necessarily something that you always grow out of. But I think if you can understand these four types, which is why I like a four type system better than a nine type. Some of the ones that even in Strengths Finders that has 34 themes, great for personal development, but not necessarily helpful 
when you're looking at understanding others, they've shown that your brain can only hold three to four things in the prefrontal cortex. So if we keep it simple, then we are able to understand others better. So if you can understand your children in terms of, say, a four-type system, then I think you can start to see what it was meant to be and how to draw that out. They may be talking your ear off, but they're good communicators. And that's something they need to be reminded of. So sometimes they need to hear it from us before they can have permission to grow it up and make it into a strength rather than a weakness. Oh, that's very encouraging for all the parents listening. Before we move on, I'm very curious. You said there are, maybe not scientifically, but what are the physical attributes that go with each type? Yeah. Just real quick. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it kind of goes along the lines of how we relate these personality types to seasons in life. So for example, I said that connectors are childlike. So that is the season of childhood. So they will look younger. They will kind of act younger. A lot of times these are your classic youth pastors. Like, wow, how old are you? <laughs> you know, that you can you know, be that energetic. So they will have, as I said, dimples, they will age better than most because they are more childlike. It's not really like hair color or any of those things. I've seen some differences in body types a little bit. Stabilizers can be a little bit more soft and round. That doesn't mean they have to be heavy. There's like a, there are things that can cause any one of these types to get depressed and maybe add on weight or something like that. But typically connectors, you can see them in their face. Their features go up because there is a pull toward optimism and light. If you're talking about an improver, a lot of times they look more serious because that is the personality type of adulthood. So they seem more like little adults. They might be thinner sometimes in that they are more lanky. They can be more symmetrical. A lot of supermodels actually come out of the improver category. If you think about a lot of the comedians in entertainment or, you know, somebody like JLo, those are connectors. They just look more, again, you've got those kind of um, happier faces. When you think of doers, you typically think of someone who is like a warrior, like a sprinter. You know, they have more bulk. To them more muscle they exhibit god's power so a lot of times that's what you see kind of no nonsense in the way that they look or dress it can be although i've read certain things that talk about them as being really quite attractive but none of these are any more beautiful in anything i've seen than anyone else and certainly none of these speak to intelligence as well that's equally distributed across personality and then like i mentioned stabilizers there's just a softness to them there is an approachability, there is a casualness to their look, even in the colors that they choose. And so that's a woman who does a whole line of things around dressing for your type and kind of understanding, you know, your best form of beauty. But it, it can be something it, it's I don't like to generalize, but it can help me understand who somebody is when I see them. It's so fascinating. I've never heard that before. So thank you for answering it. And as we kind of go back to that topic of identifying our kids' types, I think that it would be so helpful to understand more of our interactions as parent to child. So can you just briefly give us encouraging tips for all the combinations? 
So <laughs> to be able to do this in a way that people can remember, I'm just going to start from the top. Like as a doer parent, you will be large and in charge. But for your more introverted children, if they are stabilizers or they are improvers, they're going to need a softer touch. They're going to need you to slow down a little bit, to take your voice down a little bit, to feel like you, you can match their pace a little bit better. You're going to be more task oriented like your improver child. Your stabilizer is going to be the opposite. So you're going to want to get them going, but you want to appreciate that they are more low key, more peaceful. Be grateful for the fact that they want to get along with you. You know, if you look at a connector child and you're a doer, they're probably going to be way more energetic than you want them to be. Even though you have a lot of energy, they're going to be much more talkative. You're going to want to bullet point everything, like just give me the bottom line. So trying to understand and again, what they bring. So you might have more grace and patience because what's interesting is on these two types, doers and improvers, they exhibit more of the truth of God's love and stabilizers and connectors show more of the grace of God's love. So when you think about what you bring, that's where you start, but you want to make sure that you're able to offer the other as well. If you're a doer, you're bringing more truth. You're going to need to, especially for the types that are grace-filled, offer them that as well. If you're connect your parent, you're having a ton of fun, but with your introverts, they are going to need some downtime. They can't do that much fun or keep going and going for that long. So if they're stabilizers, they're going to reflect that relational side with you, that's going to be great, but they're going to get more tired and they're going to need more routine. You can kind of operate out of chaos, but they're going to need something that feels more predictable and more steady. And the improver is going to be your opposite. So that's going to be the hardest one. If you're a connector, your improver child is going to feel picky and negative to you. And so to be able to see that they do need some solitude and, and you don't, you know, they have different needs than you do and they can make you better and they have a heart of gold. It's just, it looks different than yours. So if you have a doer child, they're going to be defiant. So you're going to want to use your persuasive skills to teach them to get self-control over themselves. We do not want to take all control from doer children. We just want to give them ways that they can be in control in an appropriate way. So let them organize the Tupperware. Let them be in charge of getting everybody's coats together before you head out. Find ways for them to be in charge of something that does not interfere with your authority. That goes for any parent. If you have a doer child, it is very important that they know that you are still bigger than them that you are the one who is in charge and you are giving them little pieces. But if you're a stabilizer parent, that's very hard. They will always try to like steamroll over you and you need to stand firm for that child. So if you're a stabilizer parent, you are just there to care and nurture and that's gonna be great for your stabilizer children because you're gonna get them. But again, if you have the doer, you need to stand firm. They'll feel like you love them and you're always there for them, but they may not respect you if you do not stand up to them. So that is really key. And if you have an improver child, you're going to connect with them on the place where you're both more introverted. You both will move a little bit slower and need some time away. But where you're going to differ is on the people and the task side. So you are more relational as a stabilizer parent, and they're going to be more precise. So let them color in the lines. We don't make fun of improver children because they're so precise. Enjoy that. There's no telling. They could be our next architect. <laughs> they're going to be our next surgeon. I really don't care if my surgeon makes me feel good as long as he does a great job. 
job. So we want to encourage what they do really well. And if you're an improver parent, it's hard to be a parent because kids make mistakes all the time. So being able to see the beauty that they bring in terms of whether it's the power of a doer child, and again, you're going to get them in the task side, but you need to be able to bring excellence to their tasks. You want to help them in that way. And so use your structure to do that. And if you're talking about a connector child, that's going to be the hardest one because that's your opposite. So how can you teach them order, but know that they probably will never be as orderly as you? How might you use your uh, desire to be conscientious as a way to affect them? Because they have shown that personality is 50-50. It's about 50% DNA and 50% influence and experience. So you are part of that. So while it may not be their personality, and this is important, it's they will learn skills from you that will make them better. Allow them to be more influential and inspiring because of the order that you're able to teach them. That was incredible. You summarized yeah. all that so well and gave us something to grab onto. So is there anything else that we haven't covered yet that you find especially beneficial as it relates to personality type as a parent? I just think be a student of your children. It's important that we are watching them and don't expect them to be just like us. Well, Dale, again, having you back a second time, this was so fascinating, and I can't wait to listen over and over and take notes. But if people want to follow up with you after this conversation, where can they connect with you online? Two main places that you can find me are at yourauthenticpersonality.com. We've got a mom quiz, just nine questions really quick if you want to determine what your mom type is and then find out much more through the blog, which biblical women are like you as a type, which is a fascinating way to read scripture, different things about strengths and weaknesses, what's wrong with me as a mom, that classic question that we ask to understand that. So a lot of great resources there. And then you can also find me on my name, which is Dale Wilshire. Dot com And there's a lot of blogs on authenticity, a lot of information on the eight essentials of authentic living, more information about speaking and coaching, if that's something you're interested in. Well, I always enjoy reading your blogs. And I just have one final question for you today. We're called the Savvy Sauce because savvy is synonymous with practical knowledge or insight. So Dale, what is your Savvy Sauce? I think today's savvy sauce is really about imaging, that God has made each of us in his image. And yet as parents, one of the things that we often do is we try to make our children into our image. I think it's very natural. We're there to influence and we tend to do that. And yet it is our job, I think, as parents to make our children into the image that God has given them and not into our own. And and that requires a little bit of study. You know, who are they? What's important to them in a way that God has chosen them to be that type? And it, it can take a little time, especially when they're opposite. But I think it's so important that we honor God's design, not only in ourselves, but in our children by taking the time to understand who they are and helping to grow that slice of God's image up. Incredible. Well, Dale, you are clearly such a gifted and intelligent woman and all of your study and years of expertise in this, you've really boiled it down for us. So thank you so much for coming back on the Savvy Sauce. Oh, Laura, thank you. It's been such a joy to be able to be with you. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this special Patreon release, and we hope it also gives you a glimpse into the amazing conversations we're having on Patreon every month. 
Next week, the only episode going live is for our paying patrons. One more thing before you go. Have you heard the term gospel before? It simply means good news, and I want to share the best news with you. But it starts with the bad news. Every single one of us were born sinners, and God is perfect and holy, so he cannot be in the presence of sin. Therefore, we're separated from him. This means there's absolutely no chance we can make it to heaven on our own. So for you and for me, it means we deserve death and we can never pay back the sacrifice we owe to be saved. We need a savior. But God loved us so much, he made a way for his only son to willingly die in our place as the perfect substitute. This gives us hope of life forever in right relationship with him. That is good news. Jesus lived the perfect life we could never live and died in our place for our sin. This was God's plan to make a way to reconcile with us so that God can look at us and see Jesus. We can be covered and justified through the work Jesus finished if we choose to receive what he has done for us. Romans 10:9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So would you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to take our place. I pray someone today, right now, is touched and chooses to turn their life over to you. Will you clearly guide them and help them take their next step in faith to declare you as Lord of their life? We trust you to work and change the lives now for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are declaring him for me, so me for him. You get the opportunity to live your life for him. At this podcast, we are called Savvy for a reason. We want to give you practical tools to implement the knowledge you have learned. So you're ready to get started? First, tell someone. Say it out loud. Get a Bible. The first day I made this decision, my parents took me to Barnes & Noble to get the Quest NIV Bible, and I love it. Start by reading the book of John. Get connected locally, which basically means just tell someone who is part of the church in your community that you made a decision to follow Christ. I'm assuming they will be thrilled to talk with you about further steps, such as going to church and getting connected to other believers to encourage you. We want to celebrate with you too, so feel free to leave a comment for us if you made a decision for Christ. We also have show notes included where you can read scripture that describes this process. Finally, be encouraged. Luke 15.10 says, In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The heavens are praising with you for your decision today. If you've already received this good news, I pray that you have someone else to share it with today. You are loved, and I look forward to meeting you here next time.